All right, inappropriate Earl, back, back for more, as Rat would say. And uh, today is a special, special episode because it's a man that I started stand-up comedy with in the shittiest of shitholes from the valley to Long Beach and everywhere in between. And, uh, you know, I often talk about when you are in stand-up comedy, you lose track of people because you start with you start with them, and then you get into different rooms. They get into different rooms. He got into the improv. I got into the comedy store, and uh, he's one of the good ones in LA comedy. <laughs> one of the good ones. Please put your hands together for the inimitable Patrick Keene in the house. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Earl. Good to see you, man. You know. Some of us are still doing those shitty rooms. I mean, do you do them occasionally, time to time, um, or no? You, it's hard. It is right. It's not even worth sometimes even making the trek, even if they can get you on right away. Like, it's just, uh, I, I, uh, I got that was my problem when I started was I got too comfortable in them. Mm-hmm. Someone said that I was the Dane Cook of shitholes. No, see, yeah, that's when you get comfortable in that zone. It's like. Oh, I've gotten comfortable not making money in comedy. Well, I was just treated so well. Like, yeah. Earl, when do you want to go on? Oh, great. You know, uh, now. And yeah. Then, you know, you kind of fall into tricks that don't really work in a real room, like making fun of some obscure open micer yeah. to get the room going. And, you know, when you're at the improv or comedy store or anywhere else, that's not going to work. Yeah. So I would fall into very bad habits. I remember the the last of those. <clears throat> the last time I think I did one of those rooms was the zoo. Was it, is it the, the zoo? liquid zoo, liquid on, zoo? Uh, Wednesday nights? The great. It was. Uh, let me see. Sure, Sherman Way and Sepulveda. Yeah, yeah. And it was. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta move up from this. And God bless Ron Swallow for still hustling and running those rooms. But uh, you do have to evolve out of them. You can't get too comfortable. I mean, in any walk of life. But. Um, yeah, man, we've been doing it, and we're still doing it. So many people. I'm trying to think who's quit since we started. Together. I mean, I would say uh, I started around 2000. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long, I don't really remember when I started. Right, okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I would say from that group of people I hung out with back then, 85% quit. 85%. Yeah. That's I good. mean, like, of uh, the people I know that are still doing it, it's you, it's, it's me, yeah. it's... Uh, Matt Fultron, Full charge. Uh, yeah. you know, maybe five or six others. Yeah. Uh, Brody. I, mean, I wish did... more would quit. I wish I see comics out there. I wish more would stop doing it. Well, uh, I do too. Cause it's just like, uh, but I don't like to be the one guy who's, uh, I got to worry about myself. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. That's maybe too negative of a stance. No, but it's true though. There's yeah, some there's people. So many. But if never... you keep writing and keep evolving, like you'll be surprised. Like sometimes I get down and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm down because I haven't written and tried new stuff. And when you do that, and then all of a sudden a new booking opens up here, or a new avenue or a new gig that you can do once a year. And you're like, oh, imagine if I just wrote and didn't complain. Uh, sorry about the weird. No. There will be weird noises from time to time because I'm all Apple products. And I, I, I know nothing about computers and phones and iPads. So yeah. when, when one rings, they all ring. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I think the problem now is like, like for me at the comedy store and I'm sure for you at the improv and, and laugh factory. And it's like the lineups are so strong. So strong. 
that you can't really do new material. Yeah. Because uh, they're, you know, like tonight I'm on the, the store at 11.45 and like uh, Rogan will be on the line. Yeah. Mark Marin, Whitney, um, you know, a who's who. Of, yeah. You so know. you can't sweat the club. Like I've tried to get on at the store and then I see the lineups and I'm like, well, I don't know who, who I'd replace here. Like they, they've got their thing. I mean, like, what, uh, who, who are you gonna get? Who are you gonna bump to get on? So it's like I better go get good somewhere else. You know, there was a newer paid regular at the store the other night, somewhat complaining about his uh, spot on the lineup, and I literally looked at him and I pointed it at the lineup sheet in the sure. hallway. I'm like, who should you honestly be ahead of on this sheet? And it was just killer after killer. Sure. You know, Michael Costa, Brian Holtzman, just like you know Natasha and, and Moshe and, and like and it was like and he just kind of looked at me and walked away yeah yeah you're not gonna that's a starting lineup that's a pro bowl it's an all-star team and the improv's the same way yep. you know and, and two rooms now there I don't know what the hell's going on at the Laugh Factory I don't either I don't either you know it's weird that you think I'd want to do anything I could to get in there it's because it's a you know it's a yeah. big club but I just do you I, think like um because you, you, you're walking distance to the store right uh yeah yeah by the way your place looks like it could be a basement but we are above ground right now. uh well you know it's definitely decorated like a man's yeah. uh a straight man's and i say straight because you've got hockey autographed hockey pictures you've got uh, five ultimate warrior comic books uh, hockey trophies littered all over the place um you know an autographed picture of chewbacca so phenomenal uh, the real oh yeah peter mayhew not the new guy was he english just like yeah okay um so uh you know i'm trying to get a my second bedroom into the preeminent podcast studio right but that's under construction this is phenomenal for nhl finals games and stuff oh yeah it's great but you know i podcast field is incredibly crowded yeah so i'm trying to do anything i can to uh you know stand out because these days everyone is a fucking podcast oh it's unbelievable yeah no this is great but the but you're, you're smart to do it because as an la comic we have to kind of think outside i feel outside the box a little bit more whereas in new york you got three spots a night the late night talk shows you can work your five minute sets you can get two or three late night spots a year um la there's just not as many opportunities to get up as a straight stand-up so no. you got to think outside the box. You got to do the podcast. You got to do the web series. You got to do, you know, Instagram accounts. Not that they don't do that on the East Coast, but we can't just hop on a train and go, to, you know, play Baltimore or Philly or wherever for a weekend. Like we don't have that option. Yeah, I mean, when I did Skank Fest, I think a year ago, I'd never done comedy in New York, and uh, I was blown away. Like the first night, I got five spots. Oh, and dude. three of them were paid. That would be. I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, "Is this a Christmas month? Like, is this a Christmas deal, or or a special time of year that you guys do this? No, this is how we we operate. This is how we live." And I walked to all five. That's amazing, dude. The, there was literally maybe a mile worth of walking. There and the was, shows were good. The audiences. Oh were, yeah. yeah. There was the stand, and then the standing room. I love the stand. Oh, I, well, I love. Uh, and I don't want anyone contacting him. You, you know, comics are jackals. Yeah. Oh, Earl told me to call you for a spot. Uh, Patrick Milligan, the yeah. booker of the stand, is the real deal. Is it? Yeah. You know, a prison guard in the daytime 
And if he doesn't think you're funny, you'll know it within about a minute of meeting him. Really? He'll just be like... Uh, he's cool. But he's he, not a dick about it. He's just professional. He doesn't have time to waste on mediocre or shitty comics, right? Yeah, and he yeah. likes what he likes. And, you know, it's the same thing with Adam at the store. You yeah. know, he's... Uh, and Paige, uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, what's up? Which, yeah. you know, Tommy, the old guy from the comedy store, was the complete opposite. He would not let you know what's up and give you false hope. So you're always in the not know. Well, yeah, I mean, what would like, did you have any experiences with Tommy? No, just, uh, I think once on the phone, he threw me up at the belly room once. He's like, Let, let's get Chun of the belly room. And I was like, yeah, I've done that room a hundred times with Barnhart's Sunday night, you know, comedy revival, but yeah, I'll take the spot, you know? And he's like, okay. And then, you know, co just come here, man, hang out, talk to the guys. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what, how does that get you better at stand up. But he's like, you got to hang around, man. Hang out. Like, what? I want to do stand-up. Yeah. Um, but, so, you know, that's, thank God he's gone. Uh, yeah, it seems it did a 180, that whole place. And it's it's good for, like, I mean, I'm so happy. Guys like yourself, Tripoli, uh, Ernst, you know, Tiana, the whole, you know, Whitney, too. All those people that invested so much time over there, you know, now getting, it's now paying off. You know, because I didn't go by as much. I would have liked to have, but I just, I was like, yeah, I don't know. This place seems like an abyss because for about 10 years there, it didn't seem like things were going. But now, oh, yeah, I mean, three rooms packed every night. Oh, yeah, like around. tonight, you think a Tuesday night, you yeah. know, it's the beginning of the week. There's not going to be a lot going on. Roast Battle will be sold out. Mm -hmm. The show before that, which is uh, Jeremiah Watkins' show, um, yeah. Stand Up on the Spot. It's an amazing line. It was like Rogan, Moses. I mean, it's heavy hitters. Yeah. So the Belly Room has two sold out shows tonight. You would have seen two that. sold out shows. Two, eight and ten or whatever. Yeah. Uh, That's incredible. That wasn't even a thing. Oh, just a few years ago, wasn't even a possibility. Yeah. And then the OR will be sold out. Uh, there's a sh main room show. I mean, that's crazy that on a Tuesday night they would have a main, a regular main room show. Like back then, it was the uh, tripping on Tuesdays, which was uh, basically the the black show, whatever right. you want to call it. Right. Uh, and you know, some nights it was crowded, some nights not. But yeah, it shouldn't need to be those themed shows or bringers or or, or whatever. It should just be straight comedy. Like yeah, that. whoever's funny or yeah. guy or girl, you know. Yeah. Uh, you and know. and what, what's that attributed to? Is it, is it Adam taking it over? Is it Rogan coming over more often? Is it Jeff Ross? Or is it all these these people that are now feeling welcome, whether it's a Marin, like guys that maybe didn't go to the store so much back in the day and now are doing it more? Well, I think Tommy uh, was almost anti-industry because uh, I think someone said, and I don't know if they were kidding or not, that he didn't have a computer at home. So, uh, you know, he really had no idea who the up-and-comers were. Like, yeah. I think... Uh, I think it was Jason Sudeikis, might have been someone else uh, of that ilk, wanted to run their MTV Awards, you know, jokes. Yeah. And Tommy said no, because he didn't know who he was. Oh, Jesus, dude. That's the worst. And not that that's going to make the club a million dollars if yeah. you put, but he'll come back. Yeah. And then his fans will come back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know he told Rob Schneider, uh, come on potluck. He, he told Rob yeah. Schneider to come <laughs> <laughs> like you know rob's one of the biggest names in comedy oh my god dude uh, you know whether yeah. you like his movies or his comedy yeah. or anyone's yeah. he's a star yeah his name on the marquee it's a sold out show dude he was on snl in its heyday like yeah and he's part of that all-star cast oh my he was probably part of the the last great cast yeah. no offense to who's on the show yeah, no now offense to, yeah i don't watch it uh yeah uh, 
and then you know a TV star, a movie star, and a stand-up star. Yeah. And I would almost say in both, on all three categories, twice he was like, you know, his movies did great, and then a little dip, and then he yep. got back. Stand up, he was got famous right away, so he quit. And now he's selling out everywhere, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, he has his own show on Netflix now. You know, so he's like done it twice in yeah. each category. I loved Men Behaving Badly. I don't know why it was taken off the air. Remember that show in the mid nineties? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's uh, it was him, Justine Bateman, and the. Uh, that one dude, I forget his name, but they were so good together, the three of them. I mean, and, you never know. Like, yeah. you know, I'm dying up here. Canceled after two seasons. Was it really? Yeah. But it was. I thought it was doing well. You know, the you rate, were in that. I well, I was. You a, went out. I was like, uh, you know, if you're familiar with Miami Vice, yeah. uh, the the TV show, not the movie. Uh, you know, there was a character in it called Izzy, who was a recurring character. I was essentially the Izzy of. Uh, I'm dying up here, uh, yeah. but you know, it just never really uh, grabbed the ratings. And uh, there's a lot. Of, I think the country loves the '70s right now. We really love the Narcos, the the mustache, the Pablo Escobar, the Comedy Store thing. Kind of had that a little bit, and where you you love watching kind of the I don't know if it's the Zeitgeist or the Ort Guest, but uh, I think America loves the 70s right now i would have thought that show would have gone longer i thought it was going to be their next shameless like yeah uh because madrigal looked great i saw him oh he killed episode with that uh, hair and uh it was really funny it's like the shady yeah almost freddie prince type character and then uh, eric griffin eric griffin he, yeah he's the king and santino was like santino uh he held his own in a lot of the scenes with melissa Melissa Leo, who yeah. has won an Oscar. Jesus. Uh, and then guys like Rick Overton was just like. He's, 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 he's amazing. He he like drains threes from half court. Oh, like, my God, dude. To see him in table reads, just yeah. kill with one, two lines, yeah. just a facial expression. Uh, it was an honor just to work with him. Yeah. Uh, but that's just another example of quality show. The writing was great. Uh, the actors who were playing comics were, you know, uh, not easy very open to uh, hey earl what would i do here or, i'm yeah. sure they would ask others higher up than me uh and you know just you wonder like why didn't hit and you know never really had a great uh following on twitter and instagram which i think is part of the reason it didn't which is crazy that you know you could have a show with such good acting and great comics and great guest stars about stand-up you'd think yeah that stand maybe stand-ups were pissed that it's not about me i'm not involved i'm not gonna give it any love i mean i think uh like i there was i was on uh have you ever done ponchos in manhattan beach yeah i have with dano yeah yeah dano yeah. dano carter's the best monday nights if you're too lazy to drive to hollywood great guy he's a golden domer he's a notre dame player. yeah yeah I mean, I think it's five years now. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, going. Which in LA comedy speak is incredible. Yeah. That's why Roast Battle is amazing. Five yeah. years, every week, never missed a week, either show. Uh, but there was a TV uh, reporter from the New York Times there last night. It's his dad. And uh, he said, uh, it was a great show, but it wasn't that funny. And I think that, I think people thought it was going to be a sitcom. But as you know, how long have you done stand up? 18. I started in 2000. I started late 2000. Yeah. Very so late. Same amount of time. Yeah. Almost 20 years. Yeah. Stand up's a sad business. Yeah. It just is. I mean, yeah. I, for, uh, 
LA comic uh, Thursday night committed suicide. Oh, really? That we all knew. I won't say her name on the air. Yeah, yeah. But uh, please tell me off. Cause, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, she was great. I mean, uh, you know, just this business can really just Thursday night. I can't believe I didn't hear about that. That's yeah, great. yeah. She was. She was. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she didn't really do the club. She, yeah. she was more of like a Silver Lake. Uh, yeah. You know, alt rooms. Yeah, uh, that's hard. But that—that's the real I'm dying up here. Stuff yeah. like that happening. You know, not. You know. Yeah, I mean, sign. in your in your pilot episode or the original episode, the guy does a late night talk show and then steps in front of a bus. Same night, right? Isn't that the opening kind? Yeah, because of- I think the uh, the point of that whole story was in his mind. He had just done the Tonight Show and got the couch. Yeah, which in the seventies was was it your career boom next day? Oh yeah, I mean, you got I a think- career. David Brenner. You, you can quit your job. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, I mean, I think David Brenner said that he did the couch his first time, and literally the next day his agent called him, and he had a year's worth of work. With a, That's crazy, dude. But that's back when... There was one thoroughfare. One th- that was Johnny. Because um, I want to get into your yeah. story, because I think people assume that if you get on late-night TV... You know, they hear the David Brenner story yeah. or they see uh, Kennison. Yeah. Essentially, his career was made on the uh, Young Comedians yeah. special and, and, and Dice Clay and Roseanne. Uh, and they think that's going to happen to them. Right. And I saw it to a, a lesser degree with Roast Battle. People thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be on Comedy Central. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be famous. Yeah. And then, no. No, no. It's just one stepping stone. Because you've been on Late Night TV. Yeah, I've been on uh, Late 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 Show. Yeah. I've How many been, times? I was I was on it twice in a year and i thought oh i'm good i was on ferguson and i'm like i'm good this is a good fit for me the booker likes me and i'll tell you it takes one booker to leave and somebody to come in and go oh yeah we're not going to go with any old acts and i was like did they tell you that no but i mean i had heard that and i wasn't getting emails back of submissions because i was at the point where they're like it was nice because i thought i did it a second time and i didn't even need to audition i just sent them in text what I was going to uh, say. And they're like, all right, this looks good. Come in and do it. And I was like, this is great. And then uh, that lady left. Another guy comes in who didn't want to use any of her people, which I get that you're trying to do a new thing, but also if it worked, why not keep those people? And then he ended up leaving that show. And now it's a different host. And then you just kind of get caught in this funk. Um, Cause I, I did it in 07. And then again, in 08, I was like, cool. I'm up and running here, but both times the next day I went back to substitute teaching. Like I remember one time I did it and I'm like, this is such a rush. The next day I'm in, you know, East LA or South Central substitute teaching junior high, which I was bummed about. That's the problem too. Nowadays you you get some break and you do something cool and then you're like, oh, I now have to go back to earth so fast. I don't have the next couple of days um, to get excited. Whereas obviously back in the day you had all the voicemails when you'd come home about uh, possible gigs, but I thought I was on the, you know, I thought I'm like, I'm on the fast track now. And then you go a year or two or five or now almost 10 without, even though you're submitting, you're like, here's another five minute chunk. And sometimes they get back to you. Sometimes they don't. And I'm telling you the stuff I've submitted is, is better than what got me on TV in the first place, but they're either, either looking for younger or, more diverse or better looking. Um, and so you have to find alternate ways to get that following. And now who's even watching? Any, I mean, there's more late night shows on than ever, but who's watching any of them? 
you know, I don't think comics like, I don't know, like Conan's even being reduced to once a week, half hour, I think. I mean, I haven't watched a late night show and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably been a decade. Not that I'm the typical TV audience, yeah. but, uh, there's just so many different forms of entertainment. Yeah. Now. You know, yeah. Netflix, Hulu, That's YouTube. Uh, and if you're in New York, it's great, right? You got, you got, you're in the pipeline, you're doing the stand, you're seeing 20 comics do five minutes, maybe the same 20 is there the next night. And you just naturally get good at that muscle. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you get a call from one of the four or five late night talk shows. We don't really, we have James Corden out here. I don't know how much they have standups. Kimmel rarely does, if ever. Well, I think uh, the problem on Kimmel was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a pretty well-known set. Uh, normally, oh, Rob? The, yeah, Rob yeah, Delaney. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I got to be honest with you. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. People talk about it, but I don't think it's that horrible. It's just somebody talking. Uh, he didn't, you know, it wasn't connecting. Yeah. Uh, That's not necessarily on him. I mean, I don't know how good or bad of a comic he was at that time. But I know the layout of that studio, and it's not for a comic. You know, I mean, Barris has t torn that crowd apart with his antics. You know, but he can go into the crowd. He can go into the crowd and do all that stuff. By the time they're seeing a comic there, and it's too, it's overly lit. You're out in the middle of nowhere. It, it's just not like Ferguson show. They did it right. They did stand up right. I How mean, did they do it? Well, it was the lights came down, spotlight. It was like a little shoebox. And it was beautiful. And I've seen how Fallon's doing it. And that looks pretty great, too. Um, Letterman looked pretty good, too. I was at Letterman taping. Um, Conan, I don't know. Conan's overly lit, I think. They might have figured it out. But I don't like... You can see everybody in the audience. I just don't like that. I don't like that people can see each other. There's too many things going on. They need to only be seeing that comic so they're invested in every word. So when a comic turns a corner with some thought or phrasing that the crowd's right there on top of it and they laugh. Right. But that's not the case with Conan or Kimmel with the way they do stand up. I don't like the way they do it. I don't think it's right. It takes away from uh, just the whole point of spoken word, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping Kimmel starts doing more stand up. I think so. He just got that club in Vegas and I think they're going to do some live feeds and stuff like that, which I think will be very cool. Because I really think that uh, selfishly, my humor would work best on that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, but you know, it, it's. Uh, I think he was so horrified from that from the Rob, yeah, uh, yeah, reaction uh, that uh, they were probably like, let's do a lot yeah. of musical sets. Yeah, I think so. They, he wanted to promote the band. So Fallon does a great job when the when the when the crowd goes to, when they go to commercial. He's like, all right, look, the stand up comic's going to come out. He's a good friend of mine, even though you're not necessarily a good right. friend. He's a good friend of mine. He's great. He's hilarious. Love it. Give him children the same love that you would, you know, a Robin Williams or Jerry Seinfeld or whatever, you know, show them the same love. And the crowd goes crazy and you're into your minutes and it's over four and a half, five minutes over. Boom. I don't know what Colbert's like. It looks, they look like they keep a pretty tight gig on it. I mean, that's at the Ed Sullivan Theater, which is where Letterman did it, which it, it's got to be tight in there. You know, if you're doing it for TV. Oh, I mean, five uh, minutes. I think when I saw Ian Bag do, uh, probably was ferguson yeah i think i, think I remember that i, remember I that. went with him yeah and it was crazy how nitpicky they are oh yeah really right up until you they push you out of the curtain they're like well you can't say this can you change this can you do that i would be petrified yeah totally and they had cue cards yeah 
which I think is pretty uh, helpful. But I mean, Ian's such a pro that such a pro. I don't think it affected him much. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I really think he's the one um, case where it's like maybe get a couple extra cameras on the audience if there's some interaction. The interaction is so good. I think. Oh, he's the best. It's he's uh, the, the best. crowd work. Uh, he's the best in a in a thing that never even was like like. He's so good. There, like I don't know that people can even study him. They're like, I want to be a crowd work comic. You could study him and practice, and you could never be that good. I like, mean, it's I, like I just, it's like slam dunk. Yeah, uh, you either can do it or you can't. Yeah, I think so too. You can't learn how to slam dunk yeah. a basketball. He, he, it's just a perfect storm of of. Like, He's just so fast. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I used to work with him a little bit. Uh, I would have a you know pretty good set, and in yeah. my mind, I would be like, "Follow that," not in a cocky yeah, way, but just like, yeah. "All right, let's yeah. see if you what you can do now." And two minutes after he was on, I felt like I had bombed. Right? It's like, oh fuck! The applause breaks, the loud. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. Just like he would just lean against the wall, off the, like at the ice house, uh, and and just so casually just kill people. And it's like not roast battle uh, type of stuff, but mm. just like where are you from and they some obscure canadian town and for the next 15 minutes yeah he would kill it on you know winter lake saskatchewan mm -hmm. um so and that's kind of where we bonded was that's where we bonded is the ian bag show the right? ian bag which yeah. is another show i think you like so many great shows that get canceled or don't even get to air like that was tosh 2.0 before the Tosh 2.0 was around. Yeah, I think so. He was, uh, you know, the crowd. He did a great episode of Mark Maron's podcast. Um, I listened to Ian's episode. It was fantastic. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, know it was really good. It was really insightful. And, uh, you know, you see you see inside um, the story of, you know, his comeuppance and everything. But, uh, but yeah, and we got to go to Vancouver. You and I shared a room in Vancouver. The Vancouver Comedy Fest. Which was a blast. And well, the last show was a blast. The last show was right. Was was that's when you were naked, except for the hockey glove that covered your genital. Yeah, I mean, I just I think the first two shows, from my vague memory, were, were they didn't go well, or uh -huh. like they, I don't think anyone was getting along. Yeah, uh, except for you and me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, a real cast of characters. We were yeah. at the Vancouver Comedy Festival, and I think the last show we all just said fuck it. Yeah, uh, and I think Ian, Lu not that you know ian was tight but he was you know yeah. he loosened up and i think he was arguing with uh the main producer of the show abraham yeah and abraham said fuck it do what you want and then yeah. we did and it, it was like this show could be sold yeah uh but you know we had shirts remember those t-shirts they were yeah fun. the ian back show yeah. shirts and like we would set up every week at the friars club in beverly hills jesus dude uh or the hermosa magic uh yeah yeah, it's, yeah, that show is one of the great mysteries of how did this not get on television? Yeah, I think they needed to incorporate his talent in crowd work more and let him go a little bit instead of trying to make him fit whatever they were trying to make him fit. I think you got to let him breathe. Yeah, I mean, he had great guests. Great I mean, guests. You know, Dr. Ken was, yeah. I remember, an early guest. Dr. Uh, Ken was, Frank Caliendo. I think Chris Rock popped in. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tosh was a guest. Tosh was a guest. And our sketches were great. They were great. They I were mean, fun. We had a great, you know, Eddie uh, Eddie Gosling was part of the team there. Brian Irwin, those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Eddie ended up being the main writer for He's Tosh. He's the right hand at Tosh, yeah. Uh, 
and then uh, you know, and some other people. Yeah, uh, Johnny Doom uh, was Johnny early, Doom was uh, there. Yeah, early, Quinlan yeah. was that? Like a... Yeah, <laughs> but, but it was um, such a cast of characters. Uh, I remember in Vancouver, you did the to close that show. You came out naked with the hockey gloves. Yeah. And I remember the crowd freaking out and going crazy. And we were all in the back laughing. And even afterwards, you and I and all of us were talking. And we're like, I think once or twice a show, we had somebody being naked. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had clothes were coming off all the time, but it just happened to really hit. Well, I just that. think... Uh, Scott Henry also, the voice. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Scott, I mean, yeah. uh, such a great writer's group. Yeah. Uh, and Ian's like the guy. And it's just like, how is that not on the air? But... Yeah, you know this show is, and it was that was like my first look in the behind the scenes world of oh the the funniest or the best don't get the gig. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's know. it. Because yeah, the evolution of that started at Comedy Magic, then Friars, then Improv. I feel like we did maybe one or two shows. That's when I left. Was when we went to the Improv. Yeah, I remember I was that. Like, okay, I'm not had really. Yeah. Although that was the first, we had a Christmas show and a Charlie Brown. Right, was, yeah, that's a, I think was my last. I show. think that was the last. Julia Lillis. Julia was uh, with us. Yeah, a, a great comic. Yeah. Uh, so that's the the, you know, but that was the show that really made me step up my writing and comedy. Like, wow, yeah. I'm not the funniest guy in the room. Not that I ever thought I was. Yeah, but no, but you need to like, uh, to be around you and you Ian need to and get the piercing stuff. Uh, I think Bartnick was with us a little bit. Bartnick was the great Joe Bartnick. The great Joe Bartnick. Just opened up for Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden. That's awesome. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Uh, Twenty, And I think he did the forum show with Dean Del Rey. That, dude, that's I love Dean's story, man. 52 gets on TV for the first time. Oh, yeah. And like just, what? and his essence is just what? Music, history, stuff with bands. He was a musician stories. in yeah. the 80s and 90s and like, I think Northern California. Yeah. Uh, and so he already had the stage presence. Yeah, that's what it is. I've uh, seen that with like a Brian, you know, Brian Keith Etheridge was a great drummer growing up. Oh, I love of him and and that because i watch him and i'm like this guy's a year into stand-up or two but he seems like he's been on stage his whole life and he has as a drummer but uh but you see what that does it really like and steve glickman and stuff guys like that just you know they don't have the fear that like maybe i do for getting on stage for the first time at 27 oh i was petrified yeah you know and, and I still, you know there's that mma fighter brendan shop uh it's oh, yeah, two years yeah, yeah. in it's two years in uh, i think he's doing a special that's like, incredible i didn't have an hour or two years no in. no i just don't have an hour now after 18 yeah. years i barely have you know 50 uh, minutes i think but but you know i think it goes to him being a ufc ex-ufc fighter he's he's been in the ring with like you know the best of the best and like, does he tell does he talk about i've never you know we did one show together at the yeah. improv he was a very nice dude we didn't really talk a lot but uh you know I think he he like Dean had a head start on all of us in terms of I'm not scared to do this. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. i I've been in the UFC pay per view. Yeah. And Dean was, you know, played music for so long. So yeah, Dean's an inspiration, I think, to a lot of older yeah. comics. Guys like you and me, I think at least myself, I need the audience. I need them to like me, which is not good. You shouldn't need them to like you. I think other comics that go up with that fearlessness, like some of the people we've already mentioned. Like Brian Holtzman. He doesn't need the audience at all. No. Yeah. He, he doesn't care if you're on board or off board. He's going to do the same joke. Yeah. And if you're on board, it's going to be funny. Galern. Galern doesn't. Oh, yeah. Galern. Uh, he's another one. That That's another dude. Like, why isn't this guy famous? Oh, God, dude. So good. The tweets. 
Yeah, uh, but just to see his late night sets at the store or anywhere really. Yeah, uh, it's like Jesus, this guy's writing is on another level. But yeah. you know, you, you mentioned earlier that this business is skewing towards younger people. Yeah, and it's and it's a weird confidence. It's a fake confidence. I don't know if there is such a thing as fake because confidence is confidence. But there's a weird uh, humility. It's like a false humility. Like, eh, I grew up a nerd. And it's like, really? You look pretty hip and you're only 23 and you're good looking. I don't see where the nerd part would have fit in to your life there, you know, when they have this fake past or this fake history to gain favor from the audience. And I, I don't know where I, I just don't know. I think even when I was young, I liked older people doing comedy because I was like, they're hardened. They're oh vul yeah, vulnerable. Exactly. You know, they have experiences. Yeah. That just I didn't trust good-looking, confident comedy. If that's even a category, you know. Um, oh, it is now. I mean, if you watch most of the comics on TV, uh, they're, you know, yeah, younger, good-looking. Uh, yeah, there's a racial diverse thing, which is 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 good. You know, I I, I would think you'd want to go with funny. You yeah, know, who cares? The yeah, age. I don't care if they're all Jewish men in their 40s. You know, it's like, I want to see the funniest. Yeah, I want um, to see Eddie Pepitone. Yeah, oh, I love it. Kill. Eddie Pepitone's fantastic. Then you know? some comic in their early 20s who's, you know, I think they all saw like Last Comic Standing. Yeah. Go, oh, all I need is two or three minutes. Yeah. And they have it. But then in a longer set, it's like, oh, you don't have it. And you see some of the things, and, and I understand the need for diversity in that, but I'm like, you know, there are comics out there, if you want diversity, that are that are great. Like, how do we know, how do we not know who Miss Pat is? On a, have you seen oh her? Oh, my God. We did. She, uh, she destroys, dude. She destroys. Season one of Roast Battle. Every yeah. American should know who she is, right? Um, You know, oh, black absolutely. female. Black female in her 40s, maybe closer to 50 now. I don't know. But that'll fill some categories, you know. Um, Ian Edwards, how, how, like, how do we not know more about this guy's hilarious, unbelievable writer, you know, his and, special is, it's funny you mention him tonight in Long Beach. Oh, wow. Uh, if you are in the Long Beach area, just, uh, I'm not sure what theater it's at, but yeah. uh, Bill Burr is producing. Uh, That's I think cool. it's going to be on Comedy Central, but Ian, are I mean, you going to that? I might have to go to that. Um, I am not, not because okay. I don't want you have to. A set. I have a set, yeah. uh, not bragging, yeah. uh, but uh, I know Ian will kill it. And one of the nicest dudes in comedy. Yeah, great dude. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we both could name probably 10 people. Who? Yeah. How, how come this guy? Holtzman to me is Holtzman's like, unbelievable, it, dude. It, I mean, he's got this Kennison-like ability of, of... How does he not get cast in more stuff, too? I just don't... Are casting people staying away from comedy clubs, or do they just go for young and good-looking? Uh, you know, both probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. it's it's too bad cause, because, dude, he has. I could see him playing a teacher or a disgruntled principal. Oh yeah, so, like I a mean, Kramer oh. type character. Uh, and he's a sweet guy too. He's hilarious, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I go to watch him most every weekend. Just it's like a comedy class. Yeah, yeah, he's usually the closing act. If Brody Stevens isn't. Um, Brian Holtzman's usually the closing act yeah. on Friday and Saturday nights in the main room at the comedy store. And they've got it. He kills. Well, you know, he, he, I go to see how he gets the crowd back because there's always a point in the show sure. where he might cross a line and, and, and do a joke. Uh, I don't want to give away any yeah. of his jokes, but you know, one that maybe some element of the crowd might find offensive. Yeah. 
and 100% of the time he will always get the crowd back. That's great. And like every comic in the city should watch him. Yeah. Even if he's not your style of comedy, yeah. just to learn. Yeah. And watch how a comic works a room. Yeah. Same thing with watching Ian Bag. You know, watch how he digs in and out. Not that he has holes, but like right. uh so because uh, it's hard for me to watch comedy. I it really is. It. it has to you have to be uh you have to be pretty good. There's maybe a hundred or maybe fifty that you can watch, you know, once you're in it long enough. Like I can watch Don Barris every night. You can watch Don, okay. Yeah, because like you said Brody, I could watch Brody do three hours. Oh yeah, I yeah. could watch Brody, uh, uh Don, uh, you know, especially with Don at the comedy store, he closes out the show every night in the OR. You know, they're tired at that point. Yeah. You know, he literally goes on you know, probably one thirty. How many people are left in the is it ten people, twenty? Yeah, some nights it's pretty packed, hundred or so people. At one some, in the morning. Some nights it's fifteen yeah. uh or so. But like to see him work a room. Uh, it's pretty great. Heard every joke you can imagine. Trump, this, yeah. uh, the Raiders moving to Vegas, yeah. that, uh, you know, Me Too movement. Yeah, me, every Weinstein joke, every possible angle. Uh, and Don kills every night. Yeah. I've never seen Don bomb, which I've never seen Ian bomb. Yeah. Ian Back or yeah. Ian Edwards. Yeah, uh, I've never seen either Ian. You know, bomb. so it's, uh, they're about the only comics i can consistently watch, watch that much time doing uh, just because it's different every night and, yeah and it's a different crowd every night for don and to see him work it and to see him do the audience warm-up for kimmel where he has to be you know it's a disney show clean, so yeah. he's got to be like he's in the suit super duper clean in yeah. the suit and then to see him at the store in shorts and like a you know a bo jackson royals jersey uh it's it's his hat and his like his walk and the, the yeah. whole thing is so. I think now he's doing a different t shirt every day for a year. Uh so it's pretty funny. Yeah. You know? Uh but let's get to because you have a comedy album that just came out. That's right? true. Yeah, yeah. Uh let's get to, now before yeah. we get into this, this is where we cut the Instagram uh video off. So if you want to hear about Patrick Keene's new album, what's it called? It's called Two and Two Beefo. And where can people, iTunes and the iTunes, usual? iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google. Yeah. And Spotify, I think, is the go-to on that. When uh, does, is it out It now? just came out. Yeah, it came out over Thanksgiving weekend. So it's been out for two weeks. So uh, you Instagrammers, spread the word on Patrick Keen's new album. Where can yeah. people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Keen of Comedy on Instagram. K-E-A-N-E, like the band in England. Keen of Comedy. And then Twitter is Citizen Keen. Uh, become fans of Patrick by his album. We're going to talk for a bit more, but if you want to listen to how he formulated his special, you're going to have to listen on iTunes. I love you all. Tell us about the process of making the album. Okay. The process now? Well, I mean, like how did, like I'm petrified to put together a 15 minutes. That's set. what it is. You have to get out of your head on that. You have to go. And like for me, I had to get out of LA because I'm, I've been here. Every one of my friends and comic friends has seen every joke ever. So I'm like, I got to get out. And um, where's a good club to do it for my style? I'm not a big, I couldn't tape a special in the main room. You know, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that act. I'm kind of more dingy, low ceiling club. And for me, Acme was perfect in Minnesota. And I had a friend in Detroit whose girlfriend lives in Minnesota who was going to be there that weekend who tapes. He's like, let me do the sound. Let me do the audio. Let me tape it. And uh, I'll get you with this other guy in Indiana. And we'll just do the album, dude. I'll just tape for The big thing is taping multiple sets because they can cut it together. 
you know, so they taped four sets and I did like, you know, basically the same set. One show I did completely different. So they'd have, you know, inserts and, you know, you can come out with somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour and then uh, you put it up and hopefully get it to the Spotify or to Sirius radio. And uh, you have more material than you think. You just got to get out of your head and get away from maybe where you feel most uncomfortable. I don't know if you'd want to do it at the belly room or something like that. I mean, I, uh, I want my special uh, to be different. Yeah. Like weird, like Maria Bamford doing it in her living room. I want something like that just because it's a non-traditional time. Well, it's just like, what did Netflix just drop? 47 specials in one day. Is that right? That's correct right that sounds about right yeah. uh i know they now they did the the degenerates which was and it, you talk about a great lineup christina Pazitsky, joey diaz but it was like six in one day like wow. it was like six dropped and then i know now they're doing 15 minute specials yeah and i you know comedy central's just dropped uh, you know the great sarah tiana just put out a, a good one and uh, mike lawrence uh but it's just like you, you don't know where to look yeah yeah so i figure like you know, someone's watching TV and they see, you know, the Earl Skakel or whatever, and they see me in like a like the OR at two in the morning in front of four people. That's funny. Yeah, do that. Uh, well, yeah. I, I pitched that to Comedy Central once because after roast battle, that make sure they have visuals of the room. Like, look at how empty this. Yeah, room is. I mean, I would actually want like like I liked how Hinchcliffe did it with one shot. Like he did one take. That's it. Uh, at one camera i think just a head-on shot and i just think that would be so funny a head-on shot of who at me or whoever yeah. w- with clearly no audience yeah uh because i think that that's doable yeah uh at this you, you have to do something like that to yeah. like otherwise it's just uh, this special looks like that special yeah uh and it could be amazing uh, I like that. My favorite of all time is Zach's Galifianakis at the in San Francisco at the Purple Onion or whatever it's called. And what, what? Well, he, you know, he's at the piano. He's doing his thing. But in between, there are interstitials of him driving from L.A. up there in his van. Van breaks down. You know, needs to get service. He's with Joe Wagner. You know, they're cracking wise, doing jokes and stuff. And and then it cuts back to him performing at now did it really break down or was this again i don't know i think it i don't think it really broke down right i mean who knows either way they had cameras so they had a camera crew so they were in good shape you had a camera crew filming it so if you did break down it's almost like comedians in cars getting coffee where the breakdown isn't the worst thing when you got three to four to five people helping you with whatever making calls getting people out there to service your car point is he makes a special he does that he does interstitials with his fake twin brother Right. Um, back in North Carolina, talking about Zach's comedy. And so it cuts back. It's those three elements. And you cut back. And then Zach's also being interviewed, like talking into camera during it. So you cut back and forth between the special stand-up, the interview of his fake brother, where he's playing a character, the interview of Zach, and their drive up from L.A. to San Francisco and back. And it breaks it up nicely, and it doesn't take away from the stand-up at all. And I don't know. Maybe there's stuff you could do with your four person audience where it's cuts to you down in the patio talking to people um cuts to you playing hockey yeah yeah you know stuff like that like make it a one man show weirdly you know 
And uh, I mean, there's something. Is it uh, just for audio? Is it just? Is it I for, want it all. You want it all? Okay. Uh, you know, I want to combine some of my favorite specials almost together in a blender. What if you did stand up? What if you did it on ice in full hockey outfit and 20 people are in the stands? I'm trying to get away from the hockey. Oh, you are? Okay, okay, okay. Not, not, not yeah. the, the jersey uh, yeah. uh, thing just because, uh, you know, I'm 50 now. You're right. You're so grown up. <laughs> a little uh, ridiculous yeah. wearing uh, athletic jerseys yeah. at 50. But uh, that's the whole thing about trying to make it today is how do I be different? Yeah. Without being too wacky. Right, without taking it to Mars. Um, but you almost have to. Yeah. You know, to get noticed. Yeah, I was just, I, you got to jump out of an airplane without a parachute or something. And if you survive the landing, then you can get a few thousand followers on Twitter and then just travel the country and talk about how you survived the thing that was scariest to you. I, I don't know. It's got to be some ridiculous. Like, I mean, yeah, that's like. As yeah. a white male heterosexual, I'm 46. As a white male heterosexual, I'm like, I have to rescue the child of a producer from something you know or 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 a development person like their kid has to get kidnapped and i have to go rescue them and then maybe i'll get a break i mean we're in the worst age it's, range it's brutal you man. could be an older normal looking white dude yeah because i always thought i was like oh, i'll do my time i started at 27 i'm like i'll do 5 10 15 years i'll do my time and by the time i'm in my 40s i'll get my nod then but what you have is a business where not everybody's cool with waiting and someone's two years in and they don't care if they're ready or not. They're like, I'm going. And but yeah. Sometimes they, they get, you know, sometimes that works. Well, I mean, that's what was interesting with Roast Battle, even though it's not stand up, but like it was a very interesting age range of, you know, from 19 to, to me. Yeah. Uh, and everything in between, like a Miss Pat or Ralphie May. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jimmy Carr and, you know, Hinchcliffe and uh, Sertiana. And that was like, wow. Tony figured it out quick. Hinchcliffe, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but I mean, he, what he did and what, like Rogan before him and and really any successful comic is like they, they figure out who likes my sense of humor. Dane Cook really was probably the probably OG. For, yeah. Okay. Uh, these are the people who like my sense of humor, young college kids. And luckily for him, uh, you know, MySpace was kind of just starting. And then uh, Napster, I think yeah. he came in at the tail end of Napster, where, you know, college kids were, that was where they went to for, uh, you know, comedy uh, clips and whatever. And, you know, he got in with those college kids. Yeah. And, you know, Dice Clay probably built that misogynistic character. And people ate it up. Yeah. To me, it was more impressive what Dice did because there was no really internet back then. That's true. I remember listening to Dice as a junior, I think, in high school. My buddies listening to cassettes. Yeah, but there was no, like, you know, back then, if you had a special out, you had to send a street team to the Wiltern and, or wherever it was and, and yeah. pass out flyers. and Oh, to get people to the special. To, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now, you you know, Ian Edwards, special tonight yeah. in Long Beach, you Instagram post, tw tweet about it, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I guess YouTube maybe. Uh, but, you know, I think that's what we all need to do. Yeah, well, thank God. The comics had Rodney Dangerfield too. He's like, I'm. I, it took me so long. It took him so long. Yeah, and, he's an older guy. Yeah. You talk about Dean being a little older, yeah. and making it. Uh, I mean, Rodney was probably around fifty. Yeah, 
And he uh, said, he's like, I don't want some of these young good comics or old good comics to have to go through what I did. It took away too long. So I'm going to give them exposure. I'm going to put the spotlight on the Louis Andersons, the Roseannes, you know, the uh, Jerry Seinfelds, the Dices, the Kinnisons. Oh, yeah. Dice doesn't probably make it unless yeah. that first uh, special uh, on HBO yeah. with, with uh, Rodney. And I think Roseanne might have been on Roseanne, that special, too. Probably. Uh, I just remember that. I remember the nursery rhymes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like hickory dickory, yeah. you know. Uh, I think we all know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that was kind of like... There really wasn't cable back then for him to shine on. Like now, you know, if there's an edgy comic like a Holtzman sure. or a Galern, you could say, I could see this guy in FX yeah. or FXX or Netflix. Uh, you know, I mean, Roast Battle found a home. I mean, you can't get any more edgier than that, uh, you know, online at first. Yeah. Uh, and now they air it, what, once a week, once a now month? It's not, um, I think they do like three specials a year, yeah. three se or, you know, seasons or specials. And is, is Je how big is, is Jeff Ross huge in that? Is he the main guy? He's the or guy. He's the guy. Okay. He's the guy who got it on TV. Every episode he's hosting or one of the yeah. judges. Okay. He's the main judge. And the main then judge. he'll have, uh, you know, like... Uh, Couple celebrity judges like Sarah Silverman, yeah. uh, Dr. Ken. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that show, I think, is brought back maybe politically incorrect humor. Yeah. So hopefully. Uh, Thank God, right? Because, like, I, I, I'm always thinking, oh, doctors, lawyers, that's so important. And it is, you know, and all this and police, firemen, all that. And, uh, f you know, pilots, especially because I'm afraid to fly sometimes. But Oh, so am I. I, but, don't know yeah. how, I still don't know how they get planes in the air. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just like, this doesn't make sense. And I don't trust that we're going to land. So I'm dead up here. But uh, but then, you know, as we go through time here and, and we're trying to navigate through political correctness and communicating, I'm like, wow, I... I don't think I could be anything but a comic because I see the way people talk to each other, companies, meetings, corporations. I'm like, you guys are hidden. You're, you're talking scared right now with the language you're using. Like everything we do is like by the book. Everything we do is fill out this form. Every, like you're robots. And I can't live like that. I don't care if I'm poor. I at least can say what I want and, and not be fired or have to pay a fine, you know, Oh, it's crazy. Comedy, it's it's more important than ever and always will be. Well, I think it's just, I don't know, like I got suspended yesterday on Twitter for 12 hours for oh, saying did you? fag. Jesus. Oh, they cut, they block you for a bit? Yeah. That's so funny. But like I live in West Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, the street I'm on is literally the gayest street yeah. you can find in America, especially the 800 block that I'm on. Uh, I'm the furthest thing from homophobic. No. Yeah. But uh, it's just that new, there's no more, uh, like I grew up listening to Archie Bunker. Right. Not that he's a comic, but he was, that first got me into like, wow, I like how he's saying that stuff. Yeah. He's still likable. Honest, free. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was playing a buffoon. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Jeffersons was kind of the black uh, answer to Archie Bunker. Uh and then the white shadow was, which was like not a stand-up show, but it was like an ensemble all in the family. It was just like, wow, this is great. White shadow. Well, yeah, it's about a. You with, oh yeah, with Ken as yeah, the coach. Ken Howard. Uh, yeah, and then uh, when Wash is not, is it who is it? Washington is who gets shot at uh, the Jackson. Jackson gets shot at the drugstore. Yeah, right before the state title game or right after. Right after, dude, brutal. Which, 
Yeah, I mean, that was a show that uh, on a typical sitcom from the 70s or 80s, you would have had Jackson celebrating with the team, and that's the end of the episode. That was the end of the episode. But they would like, because Gwyneth Paltrow's dad created it. Oh, Bruce, okay. And then... uh, That killed me when Jackson got shot. Yeah. Remember, the guy shoots, I think, the clerk, and then he points and looks at Jackson. Jackson's like, no, man, or something yeah. like that. Oh, per- yeah. And, He's like, dude, uh, no. And he shoots him and kills him, dude. And it killed me, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I might say the show almost jumped the shark when he got killed. Yeah. Uh, but I always try and steer. That's people. right, because they played another season after that. They did a season yeah. three, which was Coolidge, good. Coolidge was uh, just a junior, and they made him a senior the next year. Well, that, that was, I guess, ultimately the... I mean, I guess it was a show destined to only be a couple seasons because you can't have... I don't think they expected it to be that good, maybe. Well, you know... Yeah, we'll give it two seasons. You can't have, you know, people in high school for seven years. Right, right, Uh, right. Friday Night Lights was only five years. It was a great show. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I think it... The White Shadow still resonates. Dude. Some of the topics that they covered. Yeah. Carver High School, man. Uh, Michael Winslow. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the guest spots they had, like, were like, oh, wow, that guy's a famous actor now. And, yeah. like, you know, the, the main team, like Salami, uh, Timothy Van Patten, yeah. has directed, like, most episodes of The Sopranos. That, did he really? That's Salami? Yeah, oh, Boardwalk man. Empire. Oh, dude. Uh, Thorpe, the great Kevin Hooks. He was great. He's, he became uh, a cab driver. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in real life, he, he's done uh, a lot, like, prison break and yeah. all these great shows on fox and uh thomas carter's the pretty famous director like yeah. it was so oh no i'm th- i'm yeah such a talented such group, a talented group. Uh, hayward they had hayward they had coolidge they had i think uh, i got thorpe, thorpe wrong i think thorpe was kevin hooks okay uh coolidge is uh the big man yeah he i guess he acted a little bit yeah. he was insane elsewhere okay uh there's a great who became the who became the the taxi driver I, you know, man, I want to say Reese. Reese. I think it was think, Reese. I think it was Reese. Who died in real life uh, uh, from a seizure. Uh, I think like a diabetic. It was like okay. a weird type of seizure. Uh, but in uh, Goldstein's and a few. Goldstein. Com- I see him in commercials. Love him. Love him. Joined the military. Yeah. Yeah. But it was such a. Uh, and Gomez. The three Gomez white guys. Was, well, one Mexican, two white guys. Yeah. It was such a racist show from the standpoint of all the blacks on the team were yeah. kind of conniving and womanizing and yeah. the jewish guy nobody liked right you know the italian guy's a big dope yeah the mexican guy's a gangbanger right uh but it was like to have that he show was like on, speedy gonzalez he didn't yeah like, yeah yeah uh to have that show on channel two and you're doing an, an episode on rape abortion uh i know the one one of my favorite episodes is the one that peter horton who's like a really famous director now uh you ever see that volleyball movie Side Out? Yeah. He was the guy. He was like the old he was like the good looking guy with the blonde hair. He, was he the guy? He was in 30 something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know him. He was uh, I think he said I tweeted at him. He said, This is my first acting gig. And he played a a teen who was in the closet. So he transfers to Carver High because oh, no Jesus. one knows he's yeah. gay. And then one day they do a pickup game at, at his old school. And then all these guys are calling him like gay. What are you doing? That like the Carver High guys are like, what do you mean you're gay? And like it was like Jesus for seventy eight. Yeah, it was like wow, yeah. this is wild. Yeah. So you don't see shows like that right. anymore. Right. You could get Big Brother. Yeah, you're not going to get anything testing the water. It's like no, 
I mean, no. what waters can be tested in 2018? Yeah. I mean, the shield was pretty good in terms of like going for it with dirty cops. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, Sons of Anarchy was pretty wacky. Uh, same creator, Kurt Sutter, uh, but there's no. Salami was in a show with Lee Van Cleef. Remember they were ninjas together or something? Wow, Lee Van Cleef. It was like the mid 80s. See, to me, Lee Van Cleef will always be the guy and uh, escape from New York. Yeah, the coolest. Yeah. He had just a. The mustache was perfect and the look was perfect. And which you like, you don't get movies. Like, I mean, we sound so old because yeah. my parents used to be, oh, you should have seen Elvis. He yeah. was the best. I'm like, come on, man. Rat is the best. Yeah, right, uh, right. Well, do you remember seeing movies in your life change, like a Back to the Future or a Ferris Bueller's Day Off or an Indiana Jones? Like, your life changed. Now, for a movie to get made, it has to have already been a comic book or a video game. And you're just kind of continue, like, let's continue this awesomeness here. And, and but nothing's going to come out of, out of nowhere. I mean, a few, like I saw Get Out last year. I was like, this is gnarly. Get Out was a crazy good movie. Um, and it covers some social stuff. And, but like leaving the movie theater where you're like, like a Back to the Future. I remember leaving Back to the Future going, or Die Hard going, this is the greatest thing. Like, I feel like I was on a roller coaster. You know, I mean, well, back then, I mean, like if you watch Die Hard now, like it seems real. Like there was no CGI. Yeah. You know, the explosions were real explosions. Uh, and, you know, I like I saw Creed 2 the other night. Yeah. And like the person I saw it with had never seen any of the Rocky movies. Oh, wow. How does someone make it through with that? That's crazy. Uh, but she loved it. Yeah. But to me, the fight scenes in Creed 2 look like I was watching an anime movie. Like, they just didn't look real. Yeah. Um, and if you go back and watch Rocky, 76, obviously no CGI. Those fight scenes look real. Dude, it's so close, yeah. Like, they, he they, really... They were supposed to have Ken Norton. Yeah. Like, six days before shooting, he pulls out. And that would have been interesting to... Uh, but I don't think he had, uh, I think it probably worked out because I don't think Ken Norton probably didn't have the acting chops of Apollo Creed. Apollo is the greatest sport, uh, like antagonist in film. Him and Belloc, I think from, and maybe De Niro in Cape Fear, where you're like, wow, I, I, I don't, I'm not rooting for him, but I can't imagine these movies without him. I, I want to see him more. Which is why I kind of liked Rocky too, and wish they would have went a little more into his storyline because mm -hmm. there's very few scenes where, like, you know, he's in the mirror looking at himself. Yeah, with the the newspaper clipping of you know Apollo. I, I forget the headline, but right. it was something like Apollo didn't really win, and you see the torture and his uh, man. I won, but I didn't beat him. Yeah. Oh, I love that yeah. uh, that scene where they're in the business office. Yeah. And uh, Tony Burton, who was Apollo's... Oh, the best, dude. Who was also inside out. Yes. He was the bartender. Uh, that's a great... I wish they would add more scenes like that for Apollo in right. the second. Right. Um, do you think I beat him? You won. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't beat him. Beat him. Uh, I saw you, man. Beat that man like no man yeah. ever got beat. Yeah. And the man kept coming after you. After you, champ. It's all wrong. Let's get Matt Green. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that would be a great after this Creed thing to look at 
the rise of Apollo Creed in the late fifties, sixties and seven, like to see to kind of rival that with Muhammad Ali or whatever. If someone were to really go deep on but, the story, find someone that looks like Carl Weathers and Tony, but that's where it's going. Like, yeah, because the movie's doing very well. I want to see a movie with Paulie's kid. That kid would be fucked that, up. <laughs> that would be amazing. Imagine a, a who lost all the money for the. Well, he's fucking, fucking broke. He yeah. has to start fighting at yeah. fifty. Yeah. You know he's fat, and you know they got a miserable. The, no good fucking. But that's where they're pieces. going. Like yeah. I mean, I, I did like. I mean, I'm a Dolph longer than Mark, yeah. so. It was good to see him on yeah. the big screen again. I wish they would have played some Rocky Four soundtrack in that movie. Like Hearts just, on Fire, yes, dude. something like that. Um, when I'm down and out and I'm feeling a little lazy, yeah. don't want to go to the gym, I don't want to write, yeah. I put on Hearts on Fire. Dude. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so Creed Three, you and I could break down. Maybe I don't want to root against Dolph Lundgren's kid again. Maybe Dolph Lundgren's kid goes in the ring, gets killed by some schmuck, and then that guy wants to fight Creed. Well, I didn't hate... Did you see Creed 2? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't hate the uh, Drago's son. No, like, I didn't hate him. You know, I mean, obviously, he's playing the part of this yeah. muscle-bound, you know, steroid son. Of, of, But I just... He wasn't in it enough for me to go, this guy's a... Like, I would have had him yeah. hit a woman or something. Like, yeah. You know, you hated Apollo Creed. Yeah. You hated Drago. You hated Mr. Cleverland. Yeah, Mr. T. Yeah. Like, amazing. I, I kind of checked out after, you know, the Rocky Five with Tommy yeah. Morrison. Yeah, yeah. By the way, tonight I'm so excited. In one hour, on the, I don't like to plug other people's yeah. TV shows. Are we good on time, baby? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Dude. Uh, I'm good. Whatever you need. I'm so happy that 30 for 30 is finally doing an episode. Oh, Buster. On Buster yeah. Douglas. No one ever talks about yeah. this guy. He whooped Tyson's ass. Yeah, I was in Tokyo, right? Yeah, at the, uh, the the big dome, the Tokyo Dome. Did you see? I didn't see that fight. I just kind of... I remember where I was. I was uh, at my old uh, apartment, 321 South San Vicente, number 1102. Love it. And because of the time difference, it was really late at night. I want to say it started at midnight in America. I might be wrong on that, but I just remember being very late. And I cried. This is like, it was like watching the Black Rocky. Because you were a Tyson fan. No, I cried because I uh, wanted Buster to win. I wanted Buster Douglas to win because they were getting into a story. The mom died a few weeks ago, yeah. and and everyone, you know, this was prime Tyson. Yeah, where he was just killing people. Uh, no one had ever gotten up from a Tyson knockout. Dude, it was prime Tyson. You there? He was. Un, you couldn't even go past round three with him. Like, and no one had ever gotten up from a knockout. Nobody uh, ever got up from being knocked. Holmes. Uh, Spinks, I mean, uh, Razor Ruddock, Razor Ruddock might have, but those fights were after, I think. Uh, uh, and for that one night, Buster yeah. Douglas was the fucking man. That's crazy. Uh, and then you know he he obviously bombed out against uh, Holyfield. Holyfield beat him next. Okay. Uh, well, he just I don't know what happened. I mean, I guess he got twenty four million dollars. Yeah, because I saw a picture of him in either Jamaica or the Caribbean with dreadlocks, and I was like, oh, this guy's. Although. In the Wilder Fury fight, it was the best picture. It was, let me pull up this picture. It was uh, Ernie Shavers, Buster Douglas, I think, oh man, Michael Spanks, and two other people. Yeah. Uh, it was like, wow. This, oh, wait, here we go. It's uh, uh, Shavers, Douglas, Michael Spanks, Riddick Bowe, and uh, Holyfield, all in the same picture. Dude, and where's that in Vegas? That was uh, Staples Center. Okay, and Buster looks pretty good there. Dude. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Because at one point he was up to like 400 pounds. Yeah, 
which I'm sure they'll cover. They'll cover that. Uh, I mean, Ralphie May tapped out at 594. Is that what it was? 594 when they cremated him. Uh, I always like to mention Ralphie uh, when I can. Did you go to the the tribute for him at the improv? I was the last one to speak. Okay. I heard Gary went and... uh, Gary Cannon, like, uh, you know... Cannon's a perfect name because that's what he is on stage. Just firing out. You know, shtick and and, and and jokes and insults. It's so funny. It was I probably love watching that guy. The fucking funniest thing I've ever seen was you know Ralphie May passed and had a very nice memorial sold out. Uh, well, I guess it wasn't ticket sales, no. but uh, you know, it was it wasn't an empty seat in the house because Ralphie was the guy. And Jeff Ross was great. He yeah. told some funny stories and Jay Moore and uh, Corey and Chad, the twins. You know, they were closest with him. Yeah. Uh, and then Gary Cannon, you know, we're all doing about five or six minutes tops. Gary Cannon did like 27 minutes. Oh, my God. And just turned it into a roast of the twins. Oh, God. And you had to be there to appreciate yeah. it, but it was just so funny. Uh, and, you know, Gary, that, that's another dude. Who's that's like, another dude. Why isn't this guy famous? So, dude, I, my girlfriend and I went to Flappers to watch him. It was headlining two shows at Flappers on a Saturday night. And we went. We had a good time, dinner, and we watched. And he has, whatever, 10 minutes of material. He stretched into 50. And we were laughing so damn hard that we stuck around for the second show. I've never done that. And, uh, you know, it's stick around a second show. you got to stay three more hours. Right. Because it's another hour before it starts and another hour before he gets on. But we laughed our asses off for two straight shows, man. Oh, he's like, you know, it's so wild to me that he's... You know, he could be like the Larry, uh, the Larry, the horny neighbor on Three's Company. Yeah, oh, type I love of, that guy. You know, shtick. Underrated uh, character, that guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just another in a long list of people. It's like, why isn't this guy famous? Yeah. Or, and there's a lot of girls too. I wanna, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think, I don't think anybody's ever combined good looks with true comedy like Goldie Hawn. Like yeah. Goldie Hawn was hot. I mean, she was smoking hot, beautiful. Still girl. is. Still For is. Broad in her seventies. Yeah, and funny. Like not girl funny or categorically funny or deniably funny. She was funny, man. She was with Walter Matthau early in a movie. I think she got nominated. I don't know if she won, but like foul play was hilarious. She played the damsel in distress very well. Oh, that's Wildcats. As a kid, I loved Wildcats. She plays football coach. But yeah. wasn't that with Nipsey Russell? It was Nipsey Russell, the last of the peanut brittle. I'm obsessed with Nipsey oh, Russell. What a character. Because you really, he was one of those characters from the 70s that he was famous, but you didn't know for what. Yeah. Like he didn't. He was just he around. He was an actor. He, he was in those comic. roasts. Yeah. But he was Smiling. in those roasts, but why? But why? Because he wasn't in. What was he in? Like. Yeah. But like today we have the Kardashians. And right. You look at what are, what is their talent? Yeah. He was fucking funny, he but he funny, didn't really. He wasn't. Yeah, he didn't. He served. What was he? He like because Paul Lind was funny. He was funny with his face, but but he, he was like an actor, actor. And, uh, Broadway. Yeah, and, okay. But I like. But like Nipsey Russell, I don't think I really saw him in anything other than being the celebrity go-to on game shows. That's true. Like, like George Hamilton. What? How do you get? He's just this tan guy that's in a movie every once every ten years. But I've never seen Nipsey Russell in like a TV in show, anything. a movie. But he was like always. Let's have twenty five thousand dollar pyramid. We'll have Nipsey Russell and Burt Convy, uh, and like I don't Burt know. Convy. Remember him in Cannibal Run? 
Oh, those cannibal motorcycles were yeah. like, you know. Yeah. You don't get movies like that. I'm trying to get Larry the Cable Guy behind an idea I have called uh Larry of Arabia. And it's him, it it's 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 like a modern day cannibal run, but it takes place in Arabia. Right. And this like Saudi prince wants to win the trans uh Arabian five hundred that's right. held every year, but he can't he he wants to learn. He doesn't know how to car race, but he's trying and trying and trying. And so he employs Larry the cable guy to uh, teach him how to drive. Larry the cable guy is this old Texas NASCAR guy, but you know, he's on right. hard times. And I just think it could be a good funny, like smoking the bandit type modern day show that can combine obviously that kind of Larry the cable guy, blue collar, um, Rust Belt fan base with modern day Arabic. You know, you put that thing in Arabia and just put a whole bunch of country western stars in it and just oh, make it a race across Arabia, you know. And uh, I think I'd call it Larry of Arabia. And I think it'd be fun as hell. But, and, dude, that's another. You talk about a guy who found his fan base. Dude, nailed he it. Manufactured that character. Nailed it. And, like, that's what we all have to do. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, I mean, Rogan's the king of like tapping into that uh, MMA macho man uh, dude who. That's why I didn't always listen to him because I thought, oh, he's, he's kind of a hard ass like that. But you listen to him and he he's a human being, man. And he's a leader. And like he talks about humanity being a family and one team. And like, if you're not on the team, get the fuck out. And, you know, he talks about mushrooms and weed and peace and love. And like. He's not just this, uh, he's not this white frat boy rape culture guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's what I love about him. Like, he, he's a he great, could, he's a, he's an equalizer. He's just, he could know. totally skate by on just having Alistair over him on one week and yeah. then next week have George St. Pierre and then the next week, uh, Ben Askren, but he'll have an Elon Musk. He'll yes. have, uh, yeah, you know, a scientist who thinks the Earth is flat, right? Uh, and it's not just some cuckoo science; it's like a legit, like, legit. oh wow, Harvard, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, on he, uh, he's got some problems right now, but oh, does he with the some, me too, me too yeah. thing? But uh, uh, no, I love Rogan. He's married with daughters; like, he's obviously in tune with you know, and he helps people. Yeah, he does. He helps people. He's helped you know Diaz, and he helps all these careers oh God, get off he's the created, ground. Like Miss Pat and Tom and Christina and. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Hinchcliffe, yeah. uh, Duncan, Ari Shafir. Ari uh, and Duncan, yeah. Uh, I listened to Duncan's episode on there. It was so good, dude. So yeah, good. And he's always, you know. Christina's episode was so good. Yeah, I mean, he makes every episode. Jimmy like. Dore episode, so good. Yeah, he does, because he's interested and he's smart. He's well-read. And, uh, no, I love I love that podcast. I listen to him and Burnout a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, I uh, listen to Joe's the most just because... Uh, like you said, he's so well-rounded and he makes every guest feel like they're the only person on planet Earth for yeah. like two hours or whatever it is. Uh, so, Because I went down that hole of like, you know, I'll just do kind of the Silver Lake alt rooms or the Brooklyn rooms. And that's good too in a way and it's fun. But but those guys will go into any room and do stand-up and perform. Oh, yeah, and, you know, Brody's the same way. Yeah. Like Brody can kill at the Laugh Factory you can go in the you know echoplex and and i don't know if they have comedy yeah. but like uh he can go to uh the improv which yeah. is pretty corporate you know not stiff but like it's pretty straight laced humor there yeah. 
and then you go to the comedy store late night and you know do the wackier humor yeah. uh so yeah i think you know brody's like uh brody's another guy that's like why isn't he famous yeah i would think he'd be bigger uh you know especially in this i think we're coming to upon like an anything goes type of humor uh you know because the shows like roast battle and and some of the wackier shows i would think brody would be prime for it, it, it's hard <clears throat> some some of uh i don't know for you for me it's a little bit because now with all these things everything's possible with comedy and it's kind of scary before we were just writing five minutes and getting on stage right and you're like i just need to be funny for these five minutes 10 minutes 45 and but there's so many other things now and it's a little intimidating because we weren't brought up in it. Like, I think if you're 24, you're like, cool, I'll do this Instagram page and then I'll go do stand up. I'll get my following and then I'll go do uh, a seven o'clock show at the Des Moines Improv instead of having to go do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and your stand up can kind of come as like um, whatever, like a reactionary thing. Cause I've already got my primary thing. This will be my secondary thing where with us stand up was the primary. Oh yeah. And, and it's like, Oh, it's almost like writing without that. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for a lot of comics. I think to think outside like in podcast form or in web series form or in Instagram form, one minute video, short um, content, branded content. It's tough and it's a little scary for comics. And there's a lot of great ones that are just like, dude, I only know. I know how to do my act and I know how to do my five minute sets when I get on the late night spots and I don't really know or feel comfortable with the other stuff. Well, you have to now. You do, right? I mean, you know, there's just too many of us out there who, I mean, you know, it's like a fighter in the NHL. If you don't want to fight, there's 20 guys in the minors who will fight. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll take that stage time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, there's, I see it every night. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say the desperation of some people, but they're the ones who make it. Yeah. You know, because they're the ones who will, you know. Hang out long time. You know, I I watched Christina and Miss Pat hang out for a long time, you know, back in the day. And they weren't necessarily drinking. You know, like I probably drank and had too many good times away from comedy, you know. But... But guys like that, like Christina, Miss Pat, I'm trying to think who else, just like hung around, tried to figure things, threw a lot at the wall, and now they've built like incredible careers for themselves, you know? I mean, in some ways, it's never been easier to make it. Yeah. Like with the YouTube. Sure. And the, you know, even a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but in, in the same breath, it's almost harder to make it because any idiot can start a podcast. Yeah. Literally all you need, and I shouldn't say this because I'm sure I might influence some people to do it but you need an h4n recorder and two mics yeah and you can get those on amazon for relatively cheap because everyone wants the h6n now because it's a little more uh snazzy but like you know an open micer with now two minutes of material can go do that and thursday start a podcast that's crazy so and you just got to stay with it that's what i'm finding is like you you pick one of the things that you're staying with if you want to do just stand up, then then I would suggest living like on the East Coast or the Midwest. You just do the stand up, and you'll get great at it. And the stuff comes later. That's fine. Um, you want to focus on the podcast? Do that. Like you, but but something one thing has to like be your focus. You know. But I mean, for me, like for me personally, stand up's yeah. my focus. That's your focus. But 
every meeting I've ever had, I can tell they're like, dude, there's no money in stand up if yeah. you're not famous. Yeah. So start a podcast. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite advice Marin got. Was like, I think it's because I read his book. And yeah. His manager at the time was like, dude, don't do it. There's no money in it. Like, how crazy is that? And it's made him. But that's like, that's why I don't really listen to very many people. Yeah. Because it's like that manager, I'm sure he's a good manager and a yeah. big deal. Marin's podcast. I mean, did you, hear the, did you hear the McCartney episode, Paul McCartney? You know, for some reason, I don't listen to his, and he's great. Yeah. I just, I'm such a fan of Joe's yeah. that I don't find myself liking anyone as much as I do Joe. So, okay. so you uh, stick with that. And I also don't want to, because I think Marin's what, early 50s? I think so, yeah. And I, I think we're probably the same amount of bitter. Okay. I don't want to steal anything from him. Because I think if I heard, so, oh, that'd be the, not necessarily yeah. the question, but oh, that's a good style. Uh, you know, like Joe's a little more macho than me. So I don't ever find myself going, I want to do that. Right. Uh, so, you, you know, who knows? Yeah. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, dude. No, no, none of us do. That's the thing is when you're younger, you think the older generation or two generations above you thinks they know what they're doing. I mean, you know, when we were kids, it was like, oh, they were all in World War II. They know what they're doing. They'll take care of us with the truth and stuff. But now we're in charge and it's like, oh, shit. Well, just the game changes, though. But, yeah. you know, I mean, now it's like uh, I know a friend of mine, she has a million followers on Instagram. She makes a good living. Good. Um, smart. She's smart. That's the door. Someone's at my door right oh, now. Right. Uh, probably the UPS guy. Oh, we can do. We need to. No, we're going to. We might have to pause this. I mean, we're coming toward the end, okay. but, uh, you know, fuck them. I'm not going to pause it. I'm going rogue right now. Uh, that might be a signal to end the podcast. Maybe, maybe that's it. Uh, where can people find Patrick Keene? They can find me on Twitter at Citizen Keene. They can find me on Instagram and YouTube at uh, Keene of Comedy. K-E-A-N-E, Keene of Comedy. And most importantly, where can people buy, listen, watch? Is it uh, audio only? Two and Two Bifo. It is a uh, album. Yeah, it's audio only. Um, yeah, I recorded Acme in Minneapolis. Fantastic club. One of the best in the country. And it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on, uh, what else? Amazon and Google. Please support Patrick Keene. At least literally, we've been in this the same amount of time. We've been in the jungles, like Axel would say. And he's a survivor. He's a soldier of comedy. And uh, he's someone that you should be aware of. Uh, any big shows coming up you want people to um, go to? No, man. No. I, uh, I love it. Wherever you are in town, go to your New Year's uh, places. Um, go to your local comedy club, man. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you'll see me out there. If you want to come to Indio in January, I'll be there with Gary Cannon. Oh, really? Yeah, January 11th, Indio, California. A comedy club or what is that? It's uh, I think it's a resort or a casino or something. But Please, uh, if you're in the Indio area, yeah. I'm telling you right now, that's a show to the greats on one show. Uh, I love you, dude. Love you, pal. Thanks for having me, brother. Please, the pleasure was I mine. might stick around for that uh, 30 for 30. Uh, let me see uh, what channel the King Game is on also. Uh uh, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes, where we figure out uh, what uh, time the Buster Douglas um, special comes on. That's tonight, 30 for 30. I think the working title is 42 to 1, which were his odds against Mike Tyson. Uh, so watch that on ESPN tonight. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. Thank you for the love and support. 
Daddy will be back on the charts sooner than you think. And like Cat Williams said, if you have nine haters, get a tenth, brother. <laughs> <laughs>